The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Remember the days of the hashtag free Melania? Remember how she swatted Trump's hand away in full view of the cameras at a public event? It was their arrival in Israel in 2017. Remember how Melania avoided public appearances with him for weeks after the news surfaced that his private attorney, Michael Cohn, had paid $130,000 in hush money to Stormy Daniels? That came out during the 2016 campaign, and the affair had taken place uh, after Melania got pregnant with Barron, and we all found out about it. Remember how we saw her dressed all in white for his first State of the Union address, the white of the feminist movement, and how for the State of the Union speech, remember how she traveled from the White House to the Capitol building separately for Trump, something first ladies don't do? Free Melania, we said. We said she was a hostage in the White House. But now there's a book that says we were all wrong about that. For comment, we turn to Katha Pollitt, poet, essayist, and award-winning columnist for the nation. Hi, Katha. Hi, John. Well, were you part of the Free Melania movement like I was? I have to say, I, I, I find it very hard to condemn women. <laughs> Uh, um, I, it took a lot to, to pry me away from the idea that Melania was somehow, you know, trapped. Although with another part of me, I knew she wasn't. She could have left and sold her story to a tabloid for millions. So what, what was your picture of Melania, you know, a couple of years ago? Oh, I thought, well, she married this guy and maybe he wasn't so bad then. And then he changed and she's got a child and maybe she's really depressed. I mean, being married to the wrong person can really do that to you. Um, she never looked happy. So I thought some version of all that. But I'm over it. <laughs> okay. There's this new book out that says that Free Melania was all wrong. First, let's start with the person who wrote it. Who is this person? Well, uh, this is Stephanie Winston Walcott, uh, who moves in high circles in New York rich people society. Um, she worked for Vogue, and then she became a party planner for Vogue, where she was one of the people who organized the Met Museum Annual Costume Gala, um, which is a big deal. Because of that, she, uh, well, she was Melania's friend, and because of her party planning expertise, she was hired to help set up the inaugural, all the inaugural events around, you know, around the inauguration. And um, she's, she's married to uh, David Walkoff, who is a real estate biggie. And uh, I saw their, this isn't in my piece, but I saw their apartment for sale online, $14 million. Terrible taste, terrible, terrible. 
you know, the world of, of Vogue and the Met Gala, this is mostly a democratic world, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, Anna Wintour, who is the uh, editor of Vogue, she raised a ton of money for Hillary. She was a stone Hillary supporter. So when Stephanie wanted to get her contacts to help her organize all these inaugural events, they wouldn't. You know, all the big party designers and um, and they also had trouble. This is interesting. They also had a lot of trouble getting uh, really high class um, performers at the inauguration and, and the events around it. Jennifer Hudson was supposed to and she backed out. And so this person, Stephanie uh, Walcott, claims to have been a really close friend of Melania, not just a staffer on the inauguration. What do you make? You think she's right about that? Well, I can't. I wasn't there. I wasn't at all their cozy little lunches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, she portrays, definitely portrays herself as a very good friend of Melania's. They had lunch every month at, um, let's see, at the Mark Hotel, Cipriani, or another fancy restaurant. And they were constantly emailing and texting. Texting, I guess, is only old-fashioned people like me still email. So they would text. And um, Melania, this is, I thought, kind of funny that she was very fond of emojis. So <laughs> these emails would be mostly, you know, smiley faces and little prayer hands and hearts <laughs> and stuff like that. XOXO. So um, she portrays herself as a very close friend of Melania's, but she does say something rather interesting, which is that Melania never came to her house. It was always she going to Melania's house. So Melania has a kind of standoffish side that comes through in this, this book. And what is her picture of Melania before the, the free Melania days? Oh, well, before, bef when Melania was just, you know, a princess in a tower of gold toilets, um, <laughs> she, she liked Melania a lot. She thought Melania was sort of brave and courageous and funny. And um, she, she had, and I found this so weird. She has, says Stephanie, this magical calm that she exudes that Stephanie found very comforting. Um, and she says, uh, you know, all Donald had to do was look at Melania and he would immediately calm down. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe he's ever calmed down. And uh, how important was Walcott in the Trump White House operation? Well, you know, this is a little hard to figure out because this book is written very much to justify as, as an act of self-justification. Um, so it's a little hard if you don't aren't familiar with this world to know what's true and what's not. It is the case that she never got full security clearance. She ended up using her own salary to hire people who should have been part of the picture and gotten their own salaries. So it's sort of hard to figure out. Eventually, she doesn't really have an office either. And so she's always schlepping things from one place to another. And uh, in the end, she gets very serious nerve damage that lands her in the hospital for days and days. And she has to have two operations from carrying all this stuff and also from stress and anxiety. I understand there are some revelations here about Ivanka. Yes. Well, this was actually quite fascinating. So Ivanka, from the very beginning, according, again, according to Stephanie Walkoff, tried to push Melania, the actual first lady, 
out of the picture completely, both literally and figuratively. Uh, she was always poaching the staff that was supposed to what was supposed to go to to Melania and to Stephanie. She would come and offer them, you know, jobs over at her side of the aisle. And um, but the best thing, the best story is that um, Melania and Stephanie were very determined that Ivanka not appear in all the photographs where Ivanka was trying to push Mel push Melania out of the way. So they had this thing called Operation Block Ivanka, where they actually <laughs> they actually went to the place where the family would be seated at one at the inauguration or one of these events. And they figured out camera angles, they figured out where everybody would be sitting and how they could arrange for the photographs not to show Ivanka. <laughs> um, and, and, and Stephanie says, I know it was childish, but it was fun. If the work that Stephanie Wolkoff did was so stressful, it put her in the hospital, so demeaning, she had to hire people with her own, out of her own money to work on her staff. How come she didn't quietly just leave? It certainly would have been possible. Well, again, I imagine the rewards of being associated with the White House were greater than all that shame and horror. But what actually happened is that there was an enormous scandal where uh, Stephanie was accused of stealing lots of money from the inaugural committee. And she claims that she this was she claims that you know this was very far from true. It wasn't true at all, and it was uh, someone else, like Rick Gates, who was actually stealing the money. But I think they were probably all stealing money. I mean, that's sort of the way the Trump White House operates, isn't it? Um, everybody's got their hand in the till. Um, but anyway, she claims that she was ultimately vindicated. But then what went wrong between her and Melania? Oh, well, it's very sad because um, the only reason Stephanie says she stayed was out of loyalty, personal loyalty to her friend and their mutual devotion to children. And she was very keen on the Be Best initiative. <laughs> and she actually says, I told her that that sounded illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> but Melania was stuck on that ridiculous title for it. Um, but anyway, um, so she, she claims she had very altruistic patriotic motives for staying. But after the the brouhaha about the money, Melania froze her out. No more emojis, no more little lunches. That was um, the end. At a certain point, Stephanie started taping things. This isn't in the book. It's in interviews that she gave around the book. And so she claims she has tapes to back up everything she says. The book sort of presents itself as a kind of tell-all, but you call it a tell-not-quite-all. What do you think is missing? Well, the horrors of the Trump administration are missing, for one thing. For example, Melanie, uh, Stephanie describes she helped Mel Melania write a little introduction for one of Trump's rallies. And the introduction is, you know, is very modest and nothing. And Stephanie actually goes to this rally. And then it says, you know, so Melania did her thing and then... Donald riled up the crowd, unquote, unquote. We never find out, oh, how did you feel about that? You know, when he's going on one of his racist rants uh, and talking about the lying media, these are her friends, you know, so what about that? The other, you know, and she also, she never, she doesn't get into the politics of the administration and she doesn't get into the corruption. 
and all those weird Russians hanging around. You know, from her perspective, it's all about how wonderful it was that she was able to oversee the design of the invitations or the menus for the 50 state governor's dinner. <laughs> uh, and in case you were wondering, it, the design was that each of the state flowers is represented. I did think someone with more of a sense of humor could have written a hilarious book. For example, she describes how the, the florists, rival florists, fighting. One person wanted, no, it should be all orange flowers. And the other one says, no, it should be peonies and roses. <laughs> I would have liked to have been a fly on that wall. I have one last sort of shred of the uh, free Melania idea. Does uh, Stephanie say anything about the campaign against cyberbullying, which was Melania's first initiative? That had to be a not-so-subtle critique of her husband, who was, of course, the world's biggest cyberbully. It could have been because he is the world's biggest cyberbully. And you would think that even Melania would have picked up on that. One last question has always puzzled me. The free Melania people were thrilled after Trump ordered those children put in cages at the border when she announced that she would visit them. That seemed like a humane move and another not-so-subtle criticism of him. But then she got on the plane wearing that jacket that said, I really don't care, do you? Does Stephanie Wolkoff explain what that was about? It means she really doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) According to Wolkoff, this supposedly humanitarian visit was actually ended quite differently where um, she quotes Melania saying, the patrols told me the kids say, wow, I get a bed, I will have a cabinet for my clothes. It's more than they have in their own country where they sleep on the floor. So in other words, no empathy, no empathy. So in the end, what, what kind of book is this? What is her picture of Melania, if not a hostage in the White House? I think her picture of Melania starts out as, this is my fun friend. She's great. We're all rich together. But it ends up that she is self-centered, cold, hostile. And she says, quote, not a normal woman. Not a normal woman. And what do you make of that? I think that's true. She, I mean, she comes across as extremely, it just seems like she doesn't have she, Melania, doesn't have the ordinary responses of an ordinary person. She's obsessed with her looks. She's obsessed with, um, she had a whole glam room made up that they, the Trump people tried to not let her have, but in the end she did a whole room for her to do, have her hair done and her makeup and everything like that. Um, and those seem like her major interests. Also, uh, I, I think we have to be grateful to Walkoff because She tells us, the first lady, remember how she refused to move to Washington at first and she said, oh, it's Barron has to finish school? Well, maybe that was one reason, but another reason was she refused to move into the White House until the toilets and showers used by the Obamas had been replaced. That is disgusting. That is disgusting. And she, you know, she was in there with the birtherism. You know, she was supporting Donald on that. So we've been talking about the book Melania and Me by Stephanie Winston Wolcott. 
Katha wrote about it in her new column, readitatthenation.com. Katha, you have convinced me how wrong I was about free Melania. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Always happy to serve. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thank you.